Welcome back, everyone, to the Spoonful of Sugar podcast. This special presentation is brought to you in partnership with Pharmerica. Today's episode will address a critical topic in long-term care today, the benefits of short-stay care management. In a moment, our two guests will be joining the discussion. I'm John O'Connor from McKnight's, and I'll be co-hosting with TJ Griffin, RPH, who is the Senior Vice President of Long-Term Care Operations and the Chief Pharmacy Officer for Pharmerica. In each episode, we try to address important matters facing the industry today, but we also like to add a spoonful of sugar, which, as we all know, can help the medicine go down. Now, TJ, before we get started, I know you've been doing a lot of traveling lately. Uh, What's your take on the mood of the market these days? John, I'll tell you, I think it's uh, I see a lot of cautious optimism out there in the field, uh, especially, you know, yesterday with the 3.7 percent proposed increase in the fiscal outreach to uh, facilities for 2024. Uh, But, you know, you still have that lingering answer about what were the staffing standards and quality measures be out there. So, you know, as we we focus on the future, you know, I think uh, post covid, we still have staffing as an issue. Uh, as always. Mm-hmm. But uh, at least from our side, we're seeing a nice uptick in occupancy with our clients. So, you know, I think we're starting to to get closer to normal. We're not we're not back mm-hmm. yet, but getting getting there. So that was kind of my take. I think I'm hearing the same from others as well. And obviously, we're kind of moving past COVID. But are, are you still seeing any kind of lingering COVID issues? You know, specifically COVID, um, I would say, you know, we're not sending out very many treatments. Uh, we still are working with facilities on, uh, you know, booster shots and believe it or not, still some lingering folks that are just now coming to the table to get their first shots. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, I think most of that has progressed and we're now just trying to worry about, you know, our patients and, and getting long-term care back to where we were. I think that's really yeah. the biggest thing. Yeah, that that's uh, that sounds uh, so important. It, you know, I, I don't know what the normal is going to be, but I think the sooner we get back to that normal, the better off everyone is going to be and the happier as well. So uh, you ready to get started? Sure. Awesome. So let's set the table. Uh, you know, TJ, we hear a lot in sports about the importance of a good transition game, and that's certainly true for long-term care as well. Now, in a moment, we're going to hear from two special guests. They're going to tell us firsthand about an innovative program that helps ease the transition of care from the facility to the home. And as anyone can tell you, that particular challenge can have a lot of moving parts. You know, that's so true, John. And, you know, about a year ago, America launched what we call our Continue Care Program, which is a, a care management program to help residents transition from their care facility to their home. And specifically, It helps folks with complex care needs stay healthy at home, uh, which is really important uh, to the facilities that we service. And our guests are going to help us give a a look at this program under the hood. And we're so lucky today to have uh, Lisa Lugo with us, who's the Director of Social Services at Vivian Healthcare of Murfreesboro, where about 25% of their residents are short stay. Also uh, with us today is my colleague, Bill Dean, who is the Senior Vice President of Operations and Commercialization at Pharmerica, and his team operationalized the program. So Lisa and Bill, we're so glad that you could join us today, and we want to get your feedback, especially on the ways this program is helping you make a difference uh, with the patients and and residents you serve. But first, I'd like uh, you both to tell us a little bit about your backgrounds and, and how you got here. So we'll start with Lisa. Well, I've been a social worker for 
about 25 years, I just felt a huge need to serve our population and kind of grew from being in just a long-term care resi- um, facility to really working more with short-term discharges. I started off in a tiny little town and then moved to a facility in Memphis, Tennessee. So it went from sweet and um kind of country to, wow, I'm not sure what I got myself into. So (laughs) since then, I've um, developed a lot more (laughs) and um, really enjoy working with these folks and getting them back better and back home. So important. How about you, Bill? You've been around the block a couple of times. I know that. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, Almost as many times as you. Yes, yes. (laughs) So uh, uh, I'm a 32-year veteran in in long-term care. I'm a pharmacist. And for the first half of my career, I owned my own long-term care pharmacy in the Mid-Atlantic, uh, servicing much of that uh, those states in that area. And then the last half of my career, I've been with large uh, national pharmacy providers like Pharmerica. I've been with Pharmerica uh, for the last four years and um, really excited to talk about our Continue Care Transitions Program today. That's awesome. I want to thank you both for joining us. And Bill, if you don't mind, Can you please give us a a quick overview of the Continue Care program, you know, why it was launched and and what the program aims to do for providers? Well, we identified a need. You know, we have uh, many of our discharges from our SNF um, uh, providers are medically complex. And we know it's a heavy burden going from the facility to home. And we also know that medication adherence is one of the number one reasons that uh, folks um, uh, readmit back to the hospital or to the SNF facility. So we put together a solution that combines Pharmerica's industry-leading long-term care pharmacy services with um, two entities from our Bright Spring Health Services uh, family of providers, our primary care uh, group and our nurse clinical hub. Now, th- this, this combination of assets, you know, not only provides medications in a medically, ad- in, in a, in, in a med adherence package for uh, folks to easily take when they get home, but it also provides um, weekly nurse check-ins uh, from our nurse clinical hub and visits in the home from our primary care group to really uh, manage the transition home. Very good. And you, you kind of touched on that, but um, could, could you talk a little bit about some of the specifics in the program? Yeah, sure. So um, the way the, the program is operationalized, you know, we coordinate with the, the facility's uh, discharge planning process. We work with folks like Lisa uh, very closely on a weekly, daily basis to identify folks that would be appropriate for the program. And that would be folks on it's eight to 12 medications with multiple comorbidities and medically complex that would um, benefit from the program. We provide um, an initial 14 day supply that, that kind of goes along with the med B constraint quantity limit constraints so that folks have medications on the day they leave the facility. And then um, as I, as I mentioned before, our nurse clinical hub, checks in with these folks to make sure that they understand their medication regimen and uh, gather some social determinants of health and um, uh, collect those data points while also facilitating a a subsequent 30-day refill uh, of medications that continues in their transition to make it easy for folks to take meds during this, this period. 
Thanks for that, Bill. Lisa, I know Vivient was an early adopter of this program. So I would, I'm would i just curious from a provider's perspective, why did you choose to participate and kind of tell us a little bit how it's going? Oh, it's fantastic. When the initial rep brought up this information to me, um, he said, hey, I have a new program I want you to check out. Um, and ordering medications and getting everything set up for somebody that's discharging home, especially when the residents don't always remember what pharmacy they use, who their primary care physician is. It was a huge thing for me, um, especially since we could guarantee that they'd have their meds. If they're depending on um, some of their insurance transportation, they only transport from the facility home. So they didn't always get to stop and get their meds. Um, With the population that we serve, they really don't want to be a burden on their families. They don't want to ask them for an extra stop just to grab medications. So to make sure that they had everything, it was correct and that they were getting, you know, everything that should follow up with, including somebody that's going to check on them to make sure that they had it was huge. Um, The biggest part is there's so much of a need, especially in rural areas for transportation, that having someone to call in addition to home health and for the folks that didn't have a primary care provider um, to be able to follow up with them was really, really one of the deciding factors that, yes, I want to be involved with this. It's a wonderful program. Well, that's great to hear. Um, have you seen any improvements about your rehospitalization rate or any any other comments from the folks that you have served about the program? Just curious. Oh. Absolutely. Um, We get updates um, after the primary care provider goes in and does the initial assessment. They'll send us their notes. They'll call and check in. Um, A lot of them are still being followed by this service and they can go do um, surgery, come back here for rehab and then continue the program. So um, we were having some problems with some of our residents that they didn't get their medicines, go right back to the hospital after two or three days. Um, We're able to send some of the medications home with them, but certainly not um, anything that's um, highly regulated. Some of their maintenance meds we can send, but once they ran out, they were going right back to the emergency room because they didn't have the ability to get to a doctor's office to get a refill. So this has been a huge game changer for many of these patients to allow them to stay at home safely and have their medications and not relapse. I think it shows the how everything old becomes new again because what this program basically is in a, in a in a nutshell is coordinated house calls again right i mean that was how that's how things were done for my grandparents the doctor came to them yes and so we're right back to that showing how important the house call is and having that primary care element and uh you know you touched on it you know i i come from iowa and so you know that's that's pretty rural too and having those rural touch points is just just so important so those were really great points absolutely tj great point Uh, you know lisa it's really easy for me to sit here and you know say how hard transitions can be but you've actually been living it on the front lines and you know what are some of the perennial challenges you've had to face here especially when it comes to discharge residents you know getting access to needed medications a lot of it is so much easier now because i can take a lot of the burden off of the nursing staff Um, before the nurses were having to call the pharmacy hoping that they could get through on the phone line 
signs, facts and everything over repeatedly. And we've made our process pretty simple. Um, our providers review medications, actually write on the physician's orders any changes that they want. We have the ability to print out hard scripts for the doctors to sign. And I fax all of that or email all of that directly to Pharmerica and then to the continued care program. So now we know that number one, that their meds are going to be um, correct. We don't have the extra human error of somebody transcribing it incorrectly. We don't have families going to Walgreens and or any other outside pharmacy and say, oh, well, we didn't feel this because we didn't know that you wanted to pay this. Pharmerica takes care of all of that for our residents. And it's just so simple for us. It's um, once the nurses understood that here's a box of everything with a list of the medications and all you do is hand it to the resident, um, give them their discharge orders, and you don't have to make multiple phone calls. You don't have to fax. All you have to do is explain this and hand it off. Um, it, they really bought into it, but it did take a while to convince the nurses that, hey, this is helping you and the patients. Bill, why don't you explain to us how that compliance packaging works and how important that is that we follow up with those patients right away at home because they might have everything at home from before they went to the to the to the hospital for whatever got them to the skilled nursing facility in the first first place so can you kind of explain why that's so important yeah i think i'll start off with the statistic tj that you and i are really familiar with we we know that if you're 65 years and older and take three or more medications there's virtually a 100% chance that you will take one or more of, the, more of them incorrectly, either at the wrong time, miss them at all. And so providing medication and a med adherence packaging, our, our choice for the med adherence packaging is a pouch technology. So uh, the medications are arranged by past time. So the AM meds are in one pouch, the, the PM meds are in another pouch, the bedtime meds are in the, another pouch, and so forth and so on. We have little icons like a coffee cup and a moon, you know, for those kind of things, just to show folks to make it easy for them to understand. Uh, the, the print is uh, very legible on the pack, and it makes it really easy uh, to maintain a medication compliance by having your, your, your meds uh, arranged in that fashion. Um, uh, um, that really promotes med adherence, and we know that by eliminating that ambiguity um, on what to take and when, that will keep folks at home longer. Now, as you pointed out, you know, lots of folks will have extra medications from previous fills and things like that. This, by having everything in one system, um, kind of takes away that ambiguity. It's something that's easy to teach and reinforce, not to take anything outside of the, the med medication dispensing system, um, you know, really simplifies it for folks. Um, and we've seen great success. I, I mean, you know, we, we know that, that Lisa's facility has experienced um, a significant decrease in hospitalizations. And overall, the program during our pilot phase, I had a 70% reduction in hospitalizations compared to baseline. So that was a, um, a very marked improvement there. Yeah, that, that study that you referenced is going to be published uh, very shortly. Uh, it was uh, extensively done, and it's uh, pretty 
pretty solid data that talks about that rehospitalization rate. In fact, the control group in that only had 13 hospitalizations over 10,000 managed days. So uh, as compared to the control group that had 8,000 hospitalizations over 2.5 million managed days. So it was a big, big difference and a big drop uh, in hospitalization. And, uh, you know, Lisa, your, your facilities are penalized when your patients go back to the hospital. So that's, that's really from a financial standpoint, not only is there great benefits for the, for the folks that you discharge and a great program for them, makes it much more financially agreeable to the facility as well. You don't, you can't afford those penalties, I assume. Absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> it makes it all tougher through the whole process. Lisa, you talked about how it's freed up your staff a, a little bit. Can you kind of elaborate on that? I mean, what, what, I know that the program really uh, creates some synergies with your discharges. So uh, how has that freed up your time? Well, just like I said, with the nurses, as far as um, being tied up on the phone calls and calling the pharmacy, um, it, the biggest impact that it's had is at the end. So when the patient has actually made it home with the transition, I don't get the phone calls the day after saying, oh, we didn't get our medications or they didn't call those into the pharmacy. So I, I know that every time I had somebody discharged, I would absolutely try not to do it on a weekend, not to do it on a Friday because they wouldn't have anybody to call. So Monday mornings, I would spend my mornings talking to families about, oh, well, we didn't get this medicine or this wasn't called in and the pharmacy says that this didn't happen. I do not get those calls. And it's amazing because most of the time the families are just so excited that now they don't have the burden of arranging the pills and making everything correct for mom and dad because they have the simplicity of here it is and, you know, they can do this and I can just monitor it. Wait, wait, wait a second. Not, not getting calls on weekends. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> Don't, don't tell me you get to actually have a life. <laughs> no, I still get the calls on weekends. It's not about medication. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Very good. So, um, you know, before we wrap up as a journalist, I always think, what questions should I be asking that I'm not asking? You know, are, 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 do you have any other thoughts or advice on, on, on this program for anybody who might be listening? I think it's a wonderful program. And when you have somebody that's going to be so dedicated to make sure that your loved one is going to have their medications, that they're going to be stable when they go home, they're going to put all the tools in place for them not to go back to the hospital and to succeed. I truly think that everyone that's able to should participate in it. It's a wonderful, wonderful program, in my opinion. Bill, anything we missed on your end? No, I just I just want to say that, like, you know, TJ referenced the study that we're about to publish as well. I think the, 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 the big thing is, is that, you know, we thought that these were the right collection of assets that would affect the outcomes in a positive way for the patient. And it's good to see that the data is, is also proving that um, as we continue to expand this program. So the outcomes are better. Patients are healthier. They're at home longer. You know, that's the whole goal of the, uh, of the program. So. Terrific. Terrific. Well, I guess uh, that's going to probably have to be uh, the final words. So 
Lisa and Bill, we, we really want to thank you both for joining and, and sharing your, your thoughts this morning. This is this is really great stuff. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Uh, TJ, uh, the spring shows are, are upon us. Uh, I'll be seeing you soon at Nadana. And any other shows on your itinerary? Well, I'm definitely looking forward to Nadana because we're going to do this podcast live on the trade show floor again. So just like last year. But yes, I'll yeah. be attending the uh, Aqua Quality Summit uh, down in Dallas a little bit uh, later in the spring, as well as the you know, we always like to partner with ACA during their congressional brief in D.C., so I'll be at that as well. So so people can swing by and get your autograph at both of those then, I guess. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> and uh, finally, before we go, any, any parting thoughts, TJ? I just want to say, you know, here we are at the opening of baseball season, John, and my Cubs are in last place already. So, it's yeah. you know, that's just how it rolls <laughs> when you're a Cub fan. So uh, the, the universe is in order. Huh? Universe is in order. <laughs> and I'm sure you had I'm sure you had Connecticut and San Diego, San Diego State in your bracket, too. I'm sure of that, John. You, I know, you know, I I actually did have Connecticut. And I also had Purdue and they were uh, a bit of a disappointment in the first round. But uh, we uh, we did an office pool and we each ended up with about four or five teams and and I had uh, like three Big Ten teams and they were all gone, like, you know, in the first game or two. But Connecticut kind of saved my bacon, I have to say. <laughs> well, there you go. Congrats. Very good. So, hey, hey gang, before we sign off, uh, special thanks to Farmerica, whose generous support made this presentation possible. To learn more about ways Farmerica can deliver world-class pharmacy services to your organization, we invite you to visit them online at www.farmerica.com. Along with TJ Griffin, this is John O'Connor wishing you health and happiness. See you next time, folks. 